And oh yes, good evening to you. Thank you so very much for joining us tonight for another meeting of the Readers Club on GospelBellsRadio.com. Today we are meeting to continue our reading of the book Christiana's Progress, uh, which is the second part of the book Pilgrim's Progress by John Bonian. We have now in the virtual studio our dear brother, Brother Shiel Thank you for being the first in the class today. Always a pleasure to have you around. God bless you, really good. And for all those at gospelbestery.com, it's always a joy, always a joy to have you join us. So let's begin, as we always do, by singing a hymn together. And tonight we are singing the hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Are you ready? If you're at gospelbestery.com, please just scroll. Uh, scroll down. You're going to find the PDF for tonight's reading. Open that PDF and join us. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And we welcome other members of the Readers Club as they come in. God bless you. God bless you. Really good. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine.
know yes that's the pregame song praising the savior all the day long and isn't that a blessing thank you once again for joining us tonight for the readers club meeting Thank you once again for joining us this evening for the Readers Club meeting on gospelbellsradio.com. Uh, may I call on uh, Brashemi Dele if you are available uh, right now to say the opening prayer. God bless you, very good. Father in heaven, we thank you tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for another convergence at your feet. Thank you, Lord. Learn and to grow our faith on this pilgrimage. Hallelujah. Thank you for the insights you are bringing our way tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you veils that will be unveiled tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you because we will behold you as in a mirror. Mm-hmm. And as we behold you, you will help us to be transformed, to be transformed from a level of glory to another. Mm-hmm. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. That it will be better rooted in you on this journey Amen. than nothing will shake us off this journey. Amen. Nothing get us swayed away. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, pray for every soul that will be listening, that will be contributing. Every one of us, we are declaring, we are praying that you will help us, that our growth is assured through these lessons. Amen. In the of Jesus. Amen. We will not waste this eternal investment upon us. Amen. In mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Okay. Thank, thanks, bro, for saying the prayer and, and, and insightful prayers there. And do pray that the Lord will uh, will bless our our meeting tonight. Interesting, interesting things to uh, to read this this evening. If you were with us last week, uh, you will recall that we read that portion of the of the story when Christiana and Mercy and Christiana's children got to the house of the interpreter. For those who joined us in reading Pilgrim's Progress Part One, you know that the house of the interpreter is is uh, symbolic of the meeting of the of a new convert with the holy spirit and in that of the interpreter in picking progress part, part one we 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 read of the interpreter leading christian then christian uh, to reflect on salient truths salient truths of the christian race and it was the same thing when christiana and her children and mercy got to the interpreter's house and i do encourage uh, those who were not with us at that meeting to to look for the uh, the recording of that session if you just scroll through our home page if you scroll down you're going to find it uh, the recording of last last week's session interesting interesting uh, parables to the the parable of the end and the chickens uh, the parable of the Exactly. I love the the parable of the man with the mock rake. The mock rake, the man who was giving a rake and was just busy, you know, raking up dirt and stones and sticks. Whereas there was someone ahead, uh, someone above rather, who was offering him uh, a celestial crown, but he would not look up. He was just concerned with those earthly matters and would not look up. Uh, That is the parable of the 
of the butcher and the sheep, the parable of the butcher and, and, the, and the sheep, uh, which is uh, symbolic of how the Christian is expected to be totally, totally given to Christ, totally given to Christ and to sur- surrender his destiny to Christ. The parable of the flowers and the fade crop, you know, the fa- flowers and the fade crop, where uh, we were told that there are just so many flowers in God's garden and you don't know where you are planted. You may be planted by the gate. You may be planted right in the middle. You may be planted at the extreme end. You may be planted in a place where people will not see you. You may be planted with beautiful colors or maybe without beautiful colors but you have you have to just accept uh, your place in God's kingdom. That was the parable of the robin's mouth uh, and that parable was really, really telling. Uh, the parable of the robin's mouth because that was the parable that told of the robin, a very beautiful bird. Beautiful bird, you know, but uh, you would never think that the robin would have a spider in its mouth. And that parable was really, really humbling. Uh, the interpreter said to Christiana then that we have to be careful that when we appear beautiful on the outside, we do not dip our mouths into unclean things. In this case, the robin, such a very beautiful bird, uh, was found with a spider in its mouth, a poisonous spider in its mouth. No Christian should be found you know, dipping his mouth or a mouth into into sinful things in in private. And so many other parables. So uh, please just go through them. I wanted to go through some of them just to set the tone for tonight's reading. Uh, tonight, uh, Sister Deomi Ajani will lead us in reading. We are going to read uh, in bits, uh, just read some part and then reflect on it. I invite uh, everybody to participate here in the read, here in the virtual studio and for all our wonderful people out there at gospelbestreading.com you can join us just tap the whatsapp widget and send a voice note if you send a voice note we play it out or or just type uh, type a text uh, and contribute to this so uh when they finished from that of the interpreter he okay sorry i wanted to mention this just for the benefit of those who were not with us last week something very beautiful that stayed with me all week about the interpreter's house last week when they were leaving uh, the interpreter asked that they be washed and fed and then he gave them their white robe and he gave them ornaments to make them beautiful and when they met after being individually washed and made ready for the journey each one of them thought that the others had greater glory than herself. And, and that was something really, really telling about the Christian community. It said that should, that should be the example of the Christian community. You find that in the Christian community, each Christian would think of others more highly than himself or than herself. You would see the glory of God in the other, in, in the other person. You wonder oh, what great gift God has given to Brashim. What wonderful talent God has given to Braguega. What wonderful uh, grace rests on Sister Deomi. You look at things like that and then, I mean, every time you feel yourself not equal to the other Christians, you know, when we get to the stage when we begin to feel superior to that christian that's a dangerous place at that at that point the interpreter was trying to teach them that in the christian community if you look with the eye of faith you see the glory of god on other people you see the glory of god on them and you say oh she's more beautiful than i am he's more beautiful than i am and that's such an interesting uh, thing for us to keep reflecting on okay good let's go to today's reading if you're at gospelbestory.com just scroll to page two and let's start, Mr. Great Heart. Now we are introduced to another character here, Mr. Great Heart. We are going to ask uh, 
you to tell us after reading the first part whether uh, who you think Mr. Greatheart symbolizes in this story. Okay, so Sister D, if you're ready, we are ready as well. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Thank you. Mr. Greatheart, the interpreter then called for a man servant of ease, one Greatheart, and bid him take a sword and helmet and shield, and said, Take these, my daughters, conduct them to the house called Beautiful, at which place they would rest next. So he took his weapons and went before them, and the interpreter wished them Godspeed. Those also that belonged to the family sent them away with, a, with many a good wish. So they went on their way, singing. This place had been our second stage. Here we have heard and seen those good things that from age to age to others heed have been. The donkey raker spider hen, the chicken too to me, have taught a lesson. Let me then confirm to it be. The butcher, garden, and the field, the robin and his bait, also the rotten tree, doth yield. Me, argument of weight, to me move me forth to watch and pray, to strive to be sincere, to take my cross up day by day and serve the Lord with fear. Now I saw in my dream that they went on with great heart leading them. So they went and came to the place where Christian's burden fell off his back and tumbled into a tomb. Here then they paused, and here also they blessed God. Christiana. Uh, okay, okay, okay. study so just hold it a bit. You see, so uh, that opening opening song is the song of uh, just a summary of what happened in that of the interpreter. But this this paragraph we just read, where it says that uh, they got to the place where Christian's body fell off and tumbled into a tomb. Who can who can remember that place? Where where did Christian's body where did it fall off in Pilgrim's Progress Part One? Yes, I. Think at the cross. At the cross, exactly the place of the place of the cross. So, so they got to the place of the cross here. And I mean, let's compare the two stories now. In Christian's case, in Christian's case, he carried his body all the way to the cross. It was at the cross that his body fell off. In this case, we have the pilgrims not carrying any body. Uh, what they also, what they did here was just to bless God for the salvation that was uh, that was won at the cross. So, be, please bear this in mind. Now we're going to discuss this, discuss it much later uh, in this in this chapter. Okay, go ahead, Christiana. Now it comes to my mind what was said to us at the gate, that is, that we should have pardoned by word and deed. By word, that is, by the promise, by deed, in the way it was obtained. What the promise is, of that I know something, 
but what it is, what is it to have pardon by deed or in the way it was obtained? Mr. Greatheart, I suppose you know. So if you please, let us hear your explanation. Mr. Greatheart, pardon by deed, done is pardon obtained by someone for another in need of it. Not by the person pardoned, but in the way in which it is obtained. So then, to speak, to address the question more at large, the pardon that you and mercy and these boys have attained was obtained by another. That is, by him that let you in at the gate, and he obtained it in this in two ways. He performed righteousness to cover you and spilled his blood in which to wash you. Christiana, but he be parts with his righteousness to us. What will he have for himself? Mr. Greatheart, he has more righteousness than you need you have need of, or than he himself needs. Christiana, please explain. Mr. Greatheart, with all my heart, but first I must premise that he of whom we are now about to speak is one that has no equal. He has two natures in one person, plain to be distinguished, impossible to be divided. To each of these natures, a righteousness belongs, and each righteousness is essential to that nature, so that one may as easily cause that nature to be extinct as to separate its justice or righteousness from it. Of these righteousnesses, therefore, we are not made partakers, so that they or any of them should be put upon us, that we might be made just and made alive. Besides this, there is a righteousness which this person has, as these two natures are joined in one. And this is not the righteousness of the Godhead as distinguished from the manhood, nor the righteousness of the manhood as distinguished from the Godhead, but a righteousness which stands in the union of both natures and may properly be called the righteousness that is essential to his being prepared by God to the capacity of the mediatory office with which he was to be entrusted. If he parts with his first righteousness, he parts with the purity of his manhood. If he parts with his third, he parts with the perfection that gives him the capacity for the office of mediation. He has therefore another righteousness which stands in performance or obedience to a revealed will, and that is what he puts on sinners, and is that by which their sins are covered, 
Wherefore it says, as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Romans 5 verse 19. Christiana, but uh, the other righteousness of no use to us, Mr. Greatheart, yes, for although they are essential to his natures and office and cannot be communicated to another, yet it is by virtue of them that the righteousness that justifies is, for that purpose, powerful. The righteousness of his Godhead gives virtue to his obedience. The righteousness of his manhood gives capability to his obedience to justify. And the righteousness that stands in the union of these two natures to his office gives authority to that righteousness to do the work for which it was ordained. So then, here is a righteousness that Christ as God has no need of, for he is God without it. Here is righteousness that Christ as man has no need of to make him so. For he is perfectly man without it. Again, here is a righteousness that Christ, as God-man, has no need of. For he is perfectly so without it. Here then is a righteousness that Christ, as God, and as the God-man, has no need of. With reference to himself, and therefore he can spare it. A justifying righteousness that he for himself does not lack and therefore gives it away. Hence, it is called the gift of righteousness. This righteousness, since, since Christ Jesus, the Lord, has made himself under the law, must be given away. For the law not only bind him that is under it to do justly, but to use charity. Romans 5 verse 17. Wherefore, he must or ought to by the law, if he has two coats, to give one to him that has none. Now, our Lord indeed has two coats, one for himself and one to spare. Wherefore, he freely bestows on one on those that have none. And thus, Christiana and mercy, and the rest of you that are here, your pardon come by deed or by the work of another man. Your Lord Christ is he that walked and has given away what he wrought for to the next poor beggar he meets. But again, in order to pardon by deed, there must be something to be paid to Christ as a price as well, as something prepared to cover us with. Sin has delivered us up to the just cause of a righteous law. Now, from this cause, we must be justified by the way of redemption, a price being paid for the wrong we have done, and this by the blood of our Lord, of your Lord, who came and stood in your place instead and died your death by your transgressions. Thus, as he ransomed you from your transgressions by blood, 
and covered your polluted and deformed souls with righteousness. Romans 8 verse 34. For the sake of which God passes by you and we do no harm to you when it comes to judge the world. Galatians 3.13 Christiana, this is great. Now I see that there was something to be learned by our being pardoned by word and deed. Good, mercy. Let us labor to bear this in mind. And my children, remember it also. But sir, is it not that made my good Christian's body fall off his shoulder? I made him give three leaps for joy. Mr. Greatheart, yes, it was the belief in him, in this, that caught those strings that could not be caught by any other means. And it was to give him proof of the virtue of this, that he was allowed to carry his body to the cross. To the cross. Okay, Domi, thanks. Okay, let's pause here. So we have here uh, Mr. Greatheart uh, trying to, to explain some the, the important concept of the Christian faith to new converts here. And I want us to reflect on the importance of of this discourse. Uh, we may start from uh, one question that is not on our, on, our, uh, on, our, on our meeting note. The questions are on page 10 if you are at Gospel Best Reading. So you can just scroll to page 10 now to look at some of the questions that we want to, that we want to reflect on. But let's quickly reflect on on Christian's condition in Pilgrim's Square Pilgrim's Part 4. Remember, Christian's Boarding did not fall off until he got to the cross in Pilgrim's Progress Part One, and the boarding, of course, symbolized in symbolized in that book uh, the guilt of sin that Christian continued to carry then until he got to the cross. In this case, we find that uh, Mercy and Christiana and her boys they had been experiencing the joy of salvation long before. Uh, long before they got to this place. In fact, immediately they entered in through the narrow gate. They started enjoying uh, the the joy of salvation. And I do know, as a matter of historical fact, that some of the criticisms against Pilgrim's Progress Part 1 was that John Boyan made that character, Christian, to carry the burden all the way to the cross. Some, some would argue that, you see, once the Lord of the way, that's our Lord Jesus Christ, admits you into the narrow, uh, pulls you through the narrow gate, that should be where the body should fall off because uh, the the pardon had been granted. It's a historical fact already done uh, at the place of the cross and that the person who is coming through the narrow gate must have believed in it. And uh, we see John Boyan uh, trying to reconcile those two things. I want us to reflect on that, to, to, to reflect on that. Uh, and that will lead us to the question about the pardon by word and deed. Uh, we find a repetition of this over and over since from last week. Uh, the interpreter saying to them, you have been pardoned by word and by deed. And again, we have it here. So, pardon by word and deed, what does that mean? Uh, what does that mean from your understanding of Mr. Greatheart's explanation tonight? Uh, pardon by word and deed. And how is it possible that Christiana and Mercy and the boys uh, began to enjoy the joy of salvation, were able to, to throw off the guilt of sin before coming to that historical place of the cross? Yes, exactly. How is that possible that they're able to, to experience such such joy? Uh, unlike Christian, who had to carry it all the way to to that historical place of the cross. How is it how was it possible for Christian and Mercy to to throw away the guilt of sin 
before getting uh, to that place of the cross. You, you'll be able to tie it to the question of pardon by word and by deed. I think the one by pardon by word, we, we spoke about it last week, where uh, it is the promise of God. God had promised his people that those who come to him will forgive their sin. The deed itself is what I want to, to discuss now. What is the deed? Uh, what is the deed that leads to pardon for Christians? And why is it that Christiana and Mercy uh, received that pardon? Obviously, they received that pardon immediately they entered through the narrow gate. Okay, so you can unmute your microphone and contribute. And if you're at gospelbearsradio.com, you can, you can record a voice note or even call into the studio. Feel free to call into the studio or send a text. Well, I mean, this, this is quite significant uh, to, to properly situate why Christian and our boys and Mercy were able to enjoy uh, the joy of salvation, throw away the guilt of sin. Immediately they enter through the narrow gate and and when they got to the cross, what they only had to do was to thank God, was to thank God uh, for the cross. Of course, if you look at, I think on page three, it was at page three they got to the, okay, on page two of our, of our program text tonight, when they got to the cross, and then they blessed the Lord. That's what they just did. They got to the cross and they blessed the Lord. Unlike Christian too blessed the Lord. Remember those three leaves for joy. Those three leaves for joy that Christian that Christian gave when he got to the cross, when his burden fell off. And he leaped for joy. But in this case, obviously their burdens had been removed once they entered through the narrow gate. And since they entered through the gate, they had been telling of the joy. Oh, I have so much joy in my heart. I have so much happiness in my heart. And when they got to the cross, the only thing they did was to uh, was to bless was to bless the Lord was to bless the Lord. Uh, is it not the case with us? Uh, who wants to contribute to that? Okay, so we have some text messages. We have some. Okay, reactions coming in. Good. Okay. So A is saying that the deed, of course, is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. And it is something for us to receive by faith. So anyone who receives it, who believes it, that it has taken place, will experience the joy of salvation. Thank you very much for this. And I do agree with you. Anyone who receives that salvation, but who receives by faith that Jesus has died on the cross, will receive that we receive that salvation. Okay, the question is, when does this happen in the salvation experience? That that's another question. When does this happen in the salvation experience? Is it that people come to Christ and then they believe? Doc. Hello, sir. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How are you doing? Very fine, thank you, sir. Good, good. <laughs> when when I, I I was listening to Sister Demi reading, mm. I felt okay. This is a serious matter. In no, serious matter of, indeed. <laughs> in yeah. terms of understanding uh, the, the salvation experience. Mm-hmm. So let me take it from the question regarding why Christian seemed to have delayed in getting his own burden off his back. Mm. Uh, it still speaks to the matter of faith. So we, we receive salvation by faith. Now, if a man is able to exercise his faith quickly by 
total surrender, that person has the burden lifted. It's a sensation. Mm -hmm. See, for everybody who is born again, who comes to Jesus by faith, that burden is already rolled away. Oh, yes. But there is a sensation, an acknowledgement of the presence of the burden that once was. Now, it is faith that helps us to lose that sensation. So it appears to me that Christian did not lose the sensation on time because his own journey of faith was slower than that of Christiana and Mercy. Absolutely. Good. So that is my own understanding. Mm -hmm. And it tends to happen mm -hmm. based on our, um, our experience of the Christian life, based on the knowledge of the Christian life that we have. For example, if you have a family who are unbelievers and all of that, the first Christian in that family yeah. will seem to struggle with so many elemental uh, powers mm -hmm. and the, the, the kind of knowledge that can hold him down compared to the others who will come to Christ after him. Exactly. Because those who are coming to Christ after him have the benefit Ed, of absolutely. his own experience and struggles. Beautiful. So Beautiful. somehow they get to understand faster. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe later during the course of our discussion, we'll see the benefit of discipleship and how this helps us to enter into the journey of faith quickly, where we lose the sensation of guilt and the sensation of the burden. Exactly. Now, there are two scriptures that I would like to refer to to give us context. The first one is in John chapter 8, verse 32. It says, and you shall know the truth, mm -hmm. and the, the truth, truth shall set you, set you free. Now, it is to the extent that you know the truth that you feel a greater extent of liberty. So if you know the truth just partly, then your liberty will also appear to be part. Mm -hmm. But really, the truth is absolute and complete. Exactly. But it is your experience of the truth that will manifest as your experience of partial liberty. The second scripture is in Romans chapter 7. As a matter of fact, Romans chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, they help the Christian to understand how even after coming to know the Lord, one may struggle with the sensation of the burden of sin. Oh, yes. I keep calling it the sensation because mm. historically, when Jesus died on the cross, he rolled the burden away. Absolutely. But because we are conscious as human beings who are cognitive, you know, in, in our capacities, we tend to be able to feel the sensation of sin or mm. the sensation of guilt. Now, one point that I thought I should mention is that what that is linked to is how much of the law we are aware of. So before you become born again, if you are somebody who naturally does not mind about life and you do things rather, you know, freely without much uh, compunctions, you are likely to even come to Christ, accept what Christ has done and move on. Mm -hmm. But if you are a person who is so bound by the rules and by the regulations, then something will happen to you even when you come to know the Lord and you are aware of the law. See what the Bible says in Romans chapter 7 from verse 8. It says, but sin taking occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, 
sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. So all the time that the, the, uh, Christian was struggling under the weight of his sin, it was because the law was reviving in his heart and he was dying repeatedly. Then verse 10 says, and the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin taken occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it slew me. Every time that Christian had the burden, it was sin that was taking the, the, the opportunity of the law to still make him feel that he was under a burden. Exactly. In fact, verse 13 is the part that seems to really clarify it further. It says, what then was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid, but sin that it might appear sin. Walking death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. Mm. So this is where the burden of sin is. Mm -hmm. It is not because the gift of salvation has not been given to you. But because you are now born again, each time you do something wrong, there is such a great burden on your heart because that sin is taking opportunity of the law yeah. that you knew before you became born again to, sl to, to slay you. Mm -hmm. But if you have that understanding by faith, that even if as a Christian you have sinned, that you were forgiven over 2,000 exactly. years ago, and you just have to believe it by word and by his own deed. Exactly. Then you will be able to roll away the burden as quickly as it came. So in a nutshell, this is what I think happened to Christiana and differentiate, I mean, happened to Christian, to Christian. and differentiate experience from Christianas and mercies. But exactly. I don't think I agree with those who have criticized Boyan at all, because in my view, Boyan was only trying to capture the differences in the Christian journeys exactly. that each of us would take. Would Thank take. you very much. Thank you very much, Doc. And, and excellently put, excellently put there. And your use of the word sensation to say that it just, the, the rolling off of the, of the guilt of sin is merely uh, sensational because it was rolled off uh, more than 2,000 years ago when our Lord said uh, it is finished. Indeed, it was finished then. And we're going to find that Mr. Greatheart would emphasize on this uh, matter of uh, the emotional response to understanding, to understanding because uh, it was, it, it told Christina, which we're going to see later, that what has just happened is that she has only better understood what happened. Not that it just happening. You're just better understanding it. And that's what happens to uh, to new believers as well. I also love that you emphasize uh, the benefits of uh, family members, close associates, known persons who have come to Christ before us. It's always, it's always a blessing uh, to have the example of somebody close to you who has been in Christ before you. It makes your own journey, uh, it makes the journey of Christians coming after that person easier. And I think one point we can reflect on is whether uh, our own example, the record of our own journey, whether they make it easier for those coming behind us, you know, to 
more easily accept the work that was finished on Calvary. Thank you so very much for that. Uh, God bless you. Good. If you want to, if anybody wants to make further contribution, please feel free to do so. Uh, send a text or, or just unmute your microphone. Uh, Doc, you also mentioned there, you know, looking at that text, because the discourse by Mr. Greater, the opening discourse is actually a very deep one uh, in theological terms. And some people say, look, you don't need, you don't need deep things like this. They're just too intricate and why do you need to understand it? But it's good for us. We are people of the book. We are people who have been called to apply ourselves to, to learning, to study, so that we can show ourselves approved. We have been approved by God, but we have to show ourselves approved uh, to the world and to the Lord himself. So, AI, we are talking, so AI, Mr. Greater talked about the three righteousnesses of Christ, the three righteousnesses of Christ. And that was raised because Christina raised an important point. Christina said, you know, like a new convert saying, well, if you say that God, Christ has imputed his righteousness to me, so I'm not righteous because Christ gave me his own righteousness. Well, has he not parted with his own righteousness? Well, that question may look <laughs> elementary. It may look elementary to some, but it's important for us to know how to answer questions like that, to understand uh, that uh, to understand what the uh, what the response should be. So uh, those three righteousnesses that Mr. Great Art spoke about about of Christ, the three righteousnesses of Christ, and how it is impossible for him to to part with his own righteousness. Uh, who wants to explain that from what Mr. Great Art said just briefly, or just emphasize it, or pass some some comments on it? Yes, why is it impossible for Christ to lose his own righteousness, notwithstanding that he has donated it to me? Obviously, he has donated it to you as well, and of course to countless believers who have come before us, and countless believers who are living in this world with us, and countless who are going to come, who are, who are, who are going to come after us. And those three righteousnesses too, I suppose it's important for us to, to be able to identify them and to talk about them as well. Brother uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I can make a few comments. Okay, go ahead. Uh, and I want to say that it is very important for us as believers in the 21st century in particular mm. to appreciate all these fundamentals of our faith. Exactly. As you know, I'm not a big fan of theology as a systematic study mm. or even apologetics or all these great things that people talk about. And the reason why I'm not so keen on them is that sometimes uh, one loses the exact purpose for learning them. And I don't want that to happen to us. But in matters like this, the fundamentals are important because they are the very things that drive us to grow in our faith and also impel us to share that faith with many. Today, many people do not preach Christ anymore mm. because the Christ they carry is not so different from other masters in the world. The Christ they carry is a Christ that is a motivational speaker. Yeah. The Christ they carry is a leadership expert. The Christ they carry is a preacher of prosperity. And so there is really no reason to preach that Christ. If I were to preach prosperity to Bill Gates, I can't go far. Yeah, exactly. Because he has much, too much <laughs> money that, that anybody would want in this world. Mm. But Bill Gates is still crying in his heart for righteousness. Yeah. If I were to speak to Dangote today and tell him about money or exactly. the, the, the secrets of leadership, <laughs> he's unlikely to take me seriously. Yeah. But when he enters into the dark recesses of his room, 
Mm. He's asking himself, what will God do with me exactly. when my life comes to an end? Exactly. And that is why the matter of righteousness, for us as believers, we must understand it clearly. Three, the righteousness of God, because he's God, mm -hmm. above all. Exactly. You know, before, I used to say things like, I exalt you. Now I don't I don't use the word exalt anymore. I'm mm -hmm. I'm reading a book which I've not succeeded in finishing. Okay. Knowledge of the Holy by A. W. Tozer. Oh, it's a reading Tozer. I recommend to anybody. Knowledge of the Holy by A. W. Tozer, the one who wrote The Pursuit of God. The Pursuit of God. It's a yeah. powerful book that we all should try to read to understand the nature of God a little. So God is already beyond exaltation. He's God by himself. So he has a holiness because he's God by himself, set apart. That's the first holiness, the holiness mm. of the God there. Now yeah. we come to the holiness of Christ as a man, or the righteousness, sorry. Mm. Let me use the right the righteousness, word, righteousness. Yeah. Now there's nothing wrong in using holy, but I don't want to confuse us. Yeah, for, the for consistency, yeah, yeah. The righteousness of, 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 of the man, Jesus. Now, that righteousness is key because the man Jesus is actually God who turned himself into a man. Yeah. Now, meaning that the righteousness of God as God has given place to another kind of righteousness present in the human race. Now, it's very important for that to occur. And that is what distinguishes Christianity from any other form of religion or faith. Every religion has a living master who is born of the first Adam. But Christianity has a savior who brought righteousness into the Adamic race. Now, that is the righteousness of the man Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, the righteousness of the man Jesus is one that is built on sinlessness. Yes. So we must understand the righteousness of the man Jesus, which prepares him to be a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. If you go into the Old Testament, you see that the sacrifice was to be perfect but without spotless, exactly. Spotless love. So it is this righteousness that prepares him to do the job of being a sacrifice. But being a sacrifice is not enough. And that is why when he did the Last Supper, he gave them his body and he gave them his blood. Mm -hmm. Now, what the sacrifice does is two things. The blood that will wash your sins away and the life that was given to replace your old life. And that life is the body. That's why it's not just that's, I don't, if you have communion with just the, with the blood, mm. it is not complete yet. It must be with the body. Exactly. And that was why after Jesus had been beaten and his blood had been shed by beating, they still had to crucify him. Exactly. That death was the death of the righteous for the unrighteous. Mm -hmm. So the righteousness of that Jesus is the righteousness of a man made ready to be the perfect sacrifice. sacrifice. Nobody in Adam's line can achieve that purpose. Mm -hmm. So the third righteousness now mm. is the one that you and I must concern ourselves with. Exactly. And that's why um, 
John Bunyan says in his book, the first two righteousnesses, we are not partakers of, of them. Absolutely. We don't even need we them. We don't even need them, yeah. But the righteousness we now need is the one that is gifted by sacrifice. And how does that happen? So, the first Adam donated unrighteousness to us. And we see that in Romans chapter 5. Mm-hmm. So, I did not choose to be a sinner. Brethren, on this platform, you never chose to be a sinner. You were born sinner. a sinner. Yeah. However, you will now have to choose to become a saint. But again, like the first time, there is nothing you can do to become that saint except to assume by faith what has been given to you. Mm. I take that again. When you became a sinner, you assumed the nature of Adam because you had no choice. You were born a sinner. Now, when you become born again, you become born a saint, and still there is nothing you can do. It is already done. Exactly. You must assume that which has been done. Mm-hmm. So faith. we now see in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says he was made sin. Who knew no, no sin? No sin. <laughs> that they, we may become the rightness, righteousness of God through Christ. Meaning that we are not God because we were born sinners. Mm-hmm. We are not Jesus because we have been once sinful. Exactly. But we can become like Christ because we have become the righteousness given. Oh, yes. Let, let me take it again. You are not God because you are born a sinner. Mm-hmm. Now, you are not Christ because you, you do not have the righteousness of Christ because you have been once sinful. sinful. I mean the righteousness of the man Christ. Mm-hmm. You're not sinless. But you not, you, you, which is sinless? Mm-hmm. He says he was made sin. Wouldn't when you look sin. at that, that second Corinthians, he did not say he was made sinful. No. Or he was made a sinner. No. The Bible says he was made sin. sin. Now, the only way he could have been made sin was by him being that perfectly righteous. I don't know if you are getting it. Mm-hmm. He would have been a sinner if he didn't have that perfect man righteousness. Of course. Of course. But he was never a sinner. So for him to be able to donate a righteousness to you, he had to retrieve all your own unrighteousness and which then turned him into sin. So that he can now donate to you the righteousness meant only for the ones sinful. Exactly. And once that happens, it happens by faith. Beloved, I don't know where you are tonight. I don't know your position with God. But no matter how sinful you have been, this righteousness that is donated was donated for exactly that purpose. It's a righteousness that exceeds all sinfulness. He says it was made sin. It was not made sinful. It was made sin. Meaning that any variant or definition of sin is handled by this righteousness that he has chosen to donate. He does it because he has a perfect righteousness as the man Christ and therefore is the perfect sacrifice. 
And this sacrifice takes your entire sin, not just your sinfulness, your entire sin, and then gives to you the righteousness of God. Now, this righteousness of God that we are talking about is a righteousness that is covering sin. It's not a righteousness that is sinless. It's a righteousness that covers the sinful. Because some people get to that point and they are unable to unburden their lives. They are unable to roll away the burden because they are thinking that this righteousness is the sinless perfection. No. Jesus is the one who has the sinless perfection. Mm -hmm. For us who are born of Adam, it is his righteousness that covers our sinfulness. Exactly. But that righteousness now produces in us. It produces in us a life that is like his own. Mm -hmm. That is why it is called the righteousness of God. Can you see the journey? So it is going to actually make us the righteousness of God. And we are not surprised because all along, God's plan was to reinstate the image of himself inside us. And I think... That gives us a, a rough idea. Mm-hmm. is a very deep thing. It is. It, I it don't is. understand it all. Just a little I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, thank you so much. Uh, and I think what you've done uh, is to is to make it even simpler than John Boyer has succeeded in doing uh, through this uh, this speech given by uh, by Mr. Great Heart. And I do pray that uh, this knowledge stays with all of us. And we are able to explain uh, when we have we, when we have cause to. You never know. Uh, we, we, we will raise some questions with you as somebody who has been uh, in the way for for a long time. The righteousness of his Godhead is inherent purity and worthiness that establishes uh, the foundation for his redemptive work. The righteousness of his manhood, because he lived a sinless life, he was he was without sin, and by by living that obedient sinless life, he was able to. Meet the requirements of God's law, God's law to serve as the sacrifice, and then the righteousness in the union of both of His natures, and and that we see in His role as the mediator, as the mediator. That righteousness in His role as the mediator, He provides the authority and the capability to carry out the work of redemption. And I do pray that all of us who are received by faith, we continue to enjoy the joy of that salvation that he has brought to us. Now, remember that uh, Mr. Greathard spoke about the emotional response to the understanding of this point. And I uh, dog to mention things, something, yeah, I used the word sensation. So we are going to come to, to that now. We're on page five now. Uh, don't we please read like the next uh, three paragraphs now, page five. Let's start from, from Mr. Greater. When Mr. Greater said, yes, it was the belief in this that caught those strings. Still referring to Christian. On page five, please, if you had got to bestreader.com. Okay. All right. Mr. Greatheart. Yes. It was the belief in this that caught those strings that could not be caught by any other means. And it was to give him proof of the virtue of this that he was allowed to carry his burden to the cross. Christiana, I thought so, for though my heart was light and joyful before, yet it is ten times more so now. And I am persuaded by what I have felt, though I have felt it a little as yet, that if 
the most burdened man in the world were here and saw and believed as I do now, it would make his heart all the more merry and glad. Mr. Greatheart, there is not only comfort and the easing of a burden brought to us by the sight and consideration of these things, but an endeared affection begotten in us by it. For who can, if he does not once think that pardon comes not only by promise, but will be affected with the way and means of his redemption? And so with the man that has done it for him. Christiana, true. I think it makes my heart bleed to think that he should shed his blood for me. Oh, loving one, oh, blessed one, you deserve to have me. You have brought me. You deserve to have me all. You have paid for me 10 times more than I am worth. 10,000 no times. Oh, 10,000 times more than I am worth. No marvel that this made the tears stand in my husband's eyes and made him charge so nimbly on. I am persuaded he wished me with him. But vile wretch that I was, I let him go all alone. Oh, mercy that your father and mother were here. Yes and Mrs. Timorous also. No, I wish now with all my heart that here was Madame Wanton too. Surely, surely, their hearts would be affected, nor could the fear of the one, nor the powerful lust of the other, prevail with them to go home again and refuse to be good pilgrims. Should I continue? Yes, continue. Mr. Greatheart, you speak now with warm affection. Will it do you think be always like this with you? Besides, this is not communicated to everyone, not to everyone that saw your Jesus blood. There were some that stood by and saw the blood run from his heart to the ground, and yet we're so far off this that instead of lamenting, they laughed at him, and instead of becoming his disciples, hardened their hearts against him, so that all that you have, my daughters, you have but peculiar impression, made by a divine contemplation of what I have said to you. Remember that it was told you that the hen, by her common call, gives no meat to our chickens. This you have, therefore, by special grace. Okay. Now I no, saw... Okay, just hold on a bit, Domi. Thank you very All much. Right, I, I will find uh, Christina talking about uh, response to this, uh, emotional response to this. Uh, she said, uh, this is... Uh, look at the exact words that she used, saying that uh, right from on page five, uh, she said... I thought so, for though my heart was light and joyful before, it is ten times more so now. And she said, look, if anyone would understand this, that if the most burdened man in the world would understand this, uh, that person would feel, would feel relief. 
And uh, Mr. Greater responded by saying that yeah, it is not only comfort and easing of burden uh, that we receive, but also an endeared affection begotten in us by it. That's what I wanted to pay attention to now, an endeared affection. Uh, what emotional responses do we exhibit when we fully comprehend the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's the next question I want us to to reflect on. And uh, you can scroll to page 10 if you are with us at gospelbearsradio.com. Uh, uh, I want us to look at how Christians typically react, what resolutions we make, what decisions we make, what uh, what what promises we make to God. You know, resolutions in our heart, decisions, uh, can, can we try and itemize them? I mean, you, you think back, uh, the point that you fully appreciate the work of Christ is redemptive work, how his righteousness has now made you righteous, how his sacrifice on the cross uh, has, brought you, fellowship, has brought you into fellowship with the, with the divine. Uh, what, then do you, what then do you say? What then do you say? How do you react? What decisions do you do you make? Uh, I mean, number, we have one here with Christina thinking about the the many other people at the city of destruction who are not with them. At least that that's one emotional reaction, saying, "Oh, how I wish that these people were here." I, I would say that is one uh, one emotional reaction that one would have upon fully comprehending, fully understanding the finished work of Christ. You would think back and say, "Oh, that." my friends were here or that my parents were here if they're not here or that my wife or my husband were here if uh, that person uh, was not there uh, that, that's one emotional response but, but there are many as well there are many as well that uh, you would have upon fully understanding uh, the righteous the the completed work of christ so please unmute or send us a text message if you want to uh, if you want to contribute to this what are the emotional responses that people have and that people exhibit when they fully understand uh, the finished work of Christ. We have seen one from from Christiana, a longing for others to be to be with her, a longing for others to experience the same thing. Because obviously she must have said to, to, to herself, oh, sort, oh, what joy, oh, what relief, oh, what gratitude, and oh, oh that others were here as well. There's a Christmas song, Indulge in Jubilee. It ends with, with a longing saying, Oh, that you were there. Meaning that, I mean, anybody who comes to Christ and you see the, you begin to enjoy the joy of salvation, you want others to be there as well. Okay, thank you for sending this in. Another emotional response is gratitude and joy. And that's correct. Gratitude and joy. Mm-hmm. I fully agree. Because once you realize Christ's sacrifice, it leads to overwhelming gratitude. And of course, if you look at all our hymns, you find you find that uh, that expressed in many of our hymns, overwhelming gratitude to, to God, overwhelming gratitude to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, overwhelming gratitude to the Holy Spirit. Yes, 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 yes. Gratitude and joy. I agree. So we have, we have one uh, straight from the text, a longing, a longing for others to be with us. A second, gratitude and joy. What other uh, emotional responses do Christians exhibit when they fully comprehend what was done at Calvary? 
Good evening, sir. Laosh, thanks. Yeah, good evening. We, we, we also say, oh, that it took me this long hmm, good, to good. find That's this true. treasure. <laughs> exactly. Why did it take me this long? Right? Yes, yes. Exactly. Why did it take me this long? This long. Exactly. Hmm. And you know that hymn at Calvary where he says, yes, I spent in vanity and I can't remember the right word. Yes, I spent in vanity and pride, I think. Not realizing, not appreciating that my Lord was crucified. Yes. So, I mean, that's an emotional response as well. So, number one, you can have a longing for others to be with you. Gratitude and joy, definitely. And now from Laos, this uh, regrets about time wasted. Hmm. And that's so true. And if you think, if you think of, of of Paul, who was formerly Saul, uh, that could have been some of the things that motivated him to devote himself so uh, so dedicatedly to the cause of Christ. You know, he must have looked at the time he spent in vanity, in pride, and in mistaken belief that uh, he was doing God's work. And yes, when pe- when people come to realize Christ. As the author and finisher of their salvation, they, they experience these things. Yeah, a longing for us to be with to a, a longing for us to be in Christ, gratitude and joy, regret about time wasted. Any other? Yes, brother. We, mm. we also feel sometimes, how can he love me so? Hmm. Wonder, know, wonder said, and awe. Wonder and awe. Somebody hmm. said, those who know God hmm. will be humble. Ah, okay, good. But those who know <laughs> themselves cannot be proud. <laughs> the day I read it, I said that's true. <laughs> because nobody else knows you like yourself and God. Exactly. And you, exactly. You are ever proud, something tells you you know who you are. And then you feel, how can he love me so? Mm. I mean, for me, that's one of the things I remember years ago, I was struggling with sin in secret. Mm. And people would still see me and be saying, ah, Baba, they will be greeting me and I will be thinking, if only you knew me. Mm. And yet God knew me and was still loving me as I was. Amazing. How can he love me? How so? can he love me? So, but, yeah, the other feeling is the feeling of peace. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness, peace. Mm. and joy in the Holy Ghost. There is a feeling of peace, yeah. of calmness within. Mm. That righteousness you are talking about is a feeling of being clean. Yeah. You know that you have done dirty things, but you mm-hmm. will feel clean, and you can't explain how. Mm-hmm. You feel clean. Mm. And then the final one that I want to talk about is a song. It says, I love to tell the story yeah. of, of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know it is true. Mm-hmm. It satisfies my longing as nothing else can do. I, I love to, to tell, tell the story will to be my theme in glory. glory. Tell the old, old story oh, of Jesus, Jesus and his love. Oh, we have that feeling of telling the same old story and it's never old. Exactly. Hmm. Thank you very much, Dad. The, the, the feeling of wanting to tell, wanting to tell others of Jesus and his love. We also have Mary joining us on WhatsApp saying, I would have come to him before this time. Exactly. That I mean, that's an emotional response to it as well. Say, oh, I would have come to him before this time, which is close to uh, that uh, that Laosh mentioned, the regret about time wasted. Uh, Doc, thank you for these things you have mentioned. The feeling of wonder and awe. How can he love me so? How can he possibly love me so? And if you have not been there, 
if you are not there, uh, then you are yet to fully uh, appreciate uh, what Christ has done. I mean, how can it be? How can it be? The, that hymn writer wrote, amazing love, amazing love. How can it be that I should gain an interest in my Savior's blood? And then humility as well. And somebody just said that as well. Humility. I love the way you have, you have, you have um, described it here. Doc said humility at uh, the sense of your own of your own sinfulness, imperfection, and then the realization that Christ did that all the same. Uh, the, here it says, when you recognize the extent of Christ's sacrifice, it fosters humility. Believers understand their own unworthiness okay, and, mag- and the magnitude of God's grace, leading to a humble acknowledgement of their need for redemption. So on the list we have so far, we have uh, one, uh, emotional responses, uh, resolutions, the Christian resolutions in response to the finished work of Christ, in response to the full appreciation of the finished work of Christ. Not that uh, it, it had just happened, that it happened more than 2,000 years ago, but when a Christian comes to fully believe and accept it by faith, that Christian, we are all agreed this evening, one would have a longing, for others uh, to have to experience the same thing, uh, that Christian would experience peace, peace because you feel so clean and you feel so calm, you feel so clean and you just feel so relaxed and confident in the finished work of Christ. That feeling of wonder and awe, you say, "How can He love me?" So that feeling of of regret, of regret. Why did it take me so long? Regret for those who have uh, who have been. I mean, regret for anybody, anybody who has come to Christ and knew. Why did it take me so long, so long? And then humility as well. Humility at at uh, when you now see yourself uh, in the presence of God. Almost the same thing that Isaiah felt in Isaiah six. You know, said, "Ah, uh-uh, me. How can I be in the presence of this mighty God, this holy?" Holy, holy God. Uh, what are the others? I also have there, uh, it says motivation for holiness. Do we all agree? That, that, that's a response as well. And I do agree that the understanding of Christ's sacrifice serves as a powerful motivator for holy living. Hmm. And I fully agree as well. When you, when you fully understand what Christ has done, it also motivates you to say, ah, um, okay, the, the, this hymn, uh, this same, I gave my life for you, my precious blood I shed, that thou mightst ransom be. I gave my life for you, what hast thou I'm given? I'm from the dead. I'm cooking from the dead. I gave my life for you, what hast thou given for me? So I do agree. Uh, realizing this is also a motivation for holiness. When you think back to the sacrifice of Christ, you you should be moved to resolve to live a holy life to his glory. Okay, somebody says empathy and compassion. Do we all agree? Mm. Okay, exactly. Very much linked to a longing for others to be here, but no empathy and compassion as well. Also much linked to the feeling of humility because you see that, well, God, okay, good. That leads us to uh, a portion of Mr. Great Art's speech where he spoke about, about special grace. Let me just see if I can get to that at that exact portion. And I love, thank you for bringing this matter of empathy and compassion uh, just one moment. Where well, Mr. Greater spoke about special grace. I think, okay, on page six. Okay, on page six, if you look at the first paragraph on page six, towards the end of that page, okay, there's a reference here to something that happened last week. I just of the interpreter last week, uh, they got to, uh, to actually, and they told them about the parable about the hen, and that the hen has a common call. 
that he gives to everyone. Uh, there is a special call, and there are some. There is a brooding call. There is a warning call as well. By the common call, the end gives no meat to our chickens. Nothing special, and that would equal to uh, to what Jesus Christ described as though the mercy of God for all. He reigns. Uh, he sends rain and sunshine to all, to the righteous and the unrighteous. So there is that common call, the common grace. You know, the common grace that's available to everyone, to everyone, and. Uh, Mr. Greater is saying, he said, remember, talking to Christian, remember that it was told you that the hen by a common call gives no meat to her chickens. This you have, meaning this understanding you have, therefore, by a special grace. By a special grace. And, and that takes me to uh, this uh, entry here, talking about one of the responses to realizing the fullness of our salvation it says empathy and compassion and i do agree because again the apostle said it very clearly uh, by by grace you have been saved through faith and that's not by your own work it is the gift it is the gift of god it is the gift of god so uh, the person who has been saved by grace not by his own works would we expect that person uh, to experience uh, to have that feeling of empathy and compassion for those who are yet to experience that special grace. Uh, and I do hope you all agree with that. Okay, please uh, do do think through it. Okay, yes, uh, thank you very much. Exactly, it's to saying grace. Grace, we are unworthy of, yet it gives. I agree with you here in the chat room that grace, yeah, it's a feeling of being the recipients of his grace, of his unmerited favor. Don't go ahead. I mean, just the point you were making about empathy, mm. when we recognize the depth of what God has done for us, you know, I will, I will confess on this platform, mm. it's not as if one sin is worse than another. Yeah. But for several years in my Christian life, prostitution was one thing that I could not wrap my head around. Mm. That you could not justify I mean, that. You would say, look, that's too excuse for you. There was no you. way I could justify it. Mm. If the woman was a prostitute, it, she did it to herself. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but as I grew in my Christian journey, oh my God, a kind of love and understanding came into my heart. And mm. I, I didn't dislike prostitutes anymore. I became so so empathetic towards mm. them. Ah. And I was thinking, what's wrong with you? And the Lord helped me to understand that every human being has a story. Mm. And that that prostitute that I see, I don't know her story. Mm. But his own version of the story is that he does not condemn her. Exactly. Ah, ah, and I felt, okay, this was a problem. This was a problem. I wrote a version in which he was condemned. Mm. But he writes a version in which he's not condemned. But that what is important is for me as a human being who does who, who doesn't know her story mm. to ask for her story exactly and that he he knows her story and mm. he does not condemn her mm. me i didn't know her story i was condemning her he said now follow my script then go this uh, step ahead of yourself and ask for a story and that was what the lord did with my heart mm. because i understood what he did for me first i had to understand what he did for me that i do not even have any right to condemn another human being no mm -hmm. right whatsoever mm -hmm. because i was saved by grace too exactly and that if i will only come down and empathize with a, a, another human being then i will be more useful to god exactly. in reaching that human being 
Mm -hmm. Once I had a discussion with a senior colleague of my fine Christian brother, and we disagreed over this matter between Abe Okuta and Ibado. Okay. I'm telling you, he was. He, 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 he said when the Bible says, "Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy." He, he, he said, "What did I think? That were we to be merciful, because God has a nature of mercy, and because we are children, we should have His nature, or we should be merciful because." What we are merciful about is something we too could have committed. committed. Okay. I, I said, I think that's why we should be merciful. He said, no, that as Christians, we should be above such a faulty life. Mm. I, I said, no, I don't agree. I think we should be merciful because we too can be found in the same fault. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for us it is. as Christians to understand that while Christ is working in us, is mm. righteousness, mm -hmm. and has worked in us, is righteousness. We must appreciate that those who are falling, they fall into faults into which we too could have fallen if not for the grace that we have received. Hmm. Therefore, we must be empathetic. Hmm. Thank you very much. But for grace, there go I. There go I. But for grace, and indeed, I mean, there was there was an incident in, in, in church a long time ago, and. And I mean, a very interesting story. Uh, the person leading the church at that time had uh, said something about somebody contracted to do some work for the church, and that person did not do the work. And when they had to arrest that person, you know, using you know the, the Nigerian style, using soldiers and all that, and that they put him in, de in detention. Eventually, he did the work, and then he had the effrontery to even ask for uh, for for the balance of his of his of his, of his deal uh, of the, of the agreed fee. And and they refused to pay it to him. And he, that person said it in church, and people clapped. I mean, interestingly, I mean, curiously, people clapped. And you know, supposing that that was the right thing to 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 uh, to uh, for the people in charge to have done. So when we got to the choir vestry, another lawyer, a senior uh, colleague, uh, we discussed, and he said, "Wow, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm shocked. Uh, number one, that that person said it, and also that people reacted that way. And I, I was saying to him, and I was engaging. I, I agree with him, but I was agreeing on the point of the from the viewpoint of the rule of law. Uh, that is a total." Uh, abuse of the rule of law that we should be pro good exams say no for me it's not even only that you know but for <laughs> grace there go i but for grace you know there go i that we should that, that christians should be people who look at others and say hmm but for christ you know there i go there i go and i do i, I do recall that i've had this with my sister a number of times where uh, she would often say to me that ah, nowadays i find it difficult to condemn anybody in sin and so i just say am i just too too permissive of people of people's sinfulness or uh, but i just find it, it's not that you accommodate the sin it's not that you you affirm it it's not that you are going to fall into the same sin but you are just you find just so reluctant to condemn people uh, in fact, it's not our duty to condemn; it's just to call people to repentance. And I think uh, this is something to to be emphasized. We have to write it in bold. We have to underline it. Uh, we, you know, there's a portion where Christiana said, I think about about four chapters ago, uh, when Mercy uh, began to uh, to feel for members of our family who were not with them. And Christina said, compassion becomes pilgrims. Now, yeah, pilgrims are people who are compassionate. Uh, you think of people who are not with you. You want them to be there. I think now we should also add that empathy also becomes pilgrims. Empathy also becomes pilgrims. That uh, Pilgrims are people who empathize with others, not in terms of affirming their sinfulness or their sins, 
but you just look at them and you do you see that uh maybe you are not a prostitute maybe you have never prostituted yourself maybe you have never killed anybody but you know because you know you know yourself as god knows in fact god knows even much more than you know yourself for before a uh, word is on my tongue you oh lord you know it all together so for the when you start before the one who knows you fully and then you say to yourself when you look at others say lord i thank you that it's only your grace that has kept me here okay we also have here it says strengthened faith and i agree that's one response as well to realizing what god has done for us strengthened faith hmm. and i think we can all agree with this that when we fully understand by the power of the holy spirit by that special grace when we fully understand what was completed at calvary our faith becomes strengthened because then no accuser of the brethren can successfully uh can successfully destroy our peace. No, even when he comes and says, oh, remember, oh, remember, you look back to Calvary and say, it is finished. Yes, Lord, I'm sorry, but by faith, I lay hold. And then here he says, increased worship and praise. I agree, increased worship and praise. Yes, uh, I think worship becomes pilgrims as well. Worship becomes pilgrims. Pilgrims are people who worship deeply when they when they understand what God has has done transformed perspectives hmm, that's correct he says it it provides a new lens through which believers view their own struggles the challenges of life the suffering in the world and offering hope and meaning in the midst of difficulties exactly transformed perspectives to see that uh, there is the power that can change our circumstances uh, beautiful beautiful so uh, all, all this, this is what we have now we have uh, a longing for others to join us, regret for time wasted, a wo- uh, wondering uh, why it took us long to come to that realization, peace, we feel peace, the peace, thank you for that, uh, wonder and awe, that we feel wonder and awe, we say, how can he, how can he love me so, because you look at yourself and you feel wonder and awe, humility, we feel, uh, we, we, we become humble uh, when we look at our own situation and what he has done, for us, become humble at what he has done. Then compassion and empathy, compassion and empathy, consciousness of grace. Yes, thank you, sis, for saying that. We become even more conscious of the grace that saved us. Strengthened faith, meaning that yes, faith becomes more strengthened when we look at what God has done. Then increased worship and praise, increased worship and praise. And I do pray that all of us, uh, if you have felt this. Uh, emotional responses before if you have made resolutions like this that you will remain so resolute that i myself will remain so resolute may the greatness of what was accomplished on calvary uh, never lose its value in your heart and in my heart in jesus name amen may it always be fresh i think that that should be the prayer tonight may it always be fresh in our hearts in jesus name amen 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 if you want to make other contributions, please feel free to do so or send your or send it in by text message. Tomorrow we are going to conclude this chapter. I I implore all of us to please make the sacrifice to join again tomorrow. Let's complete this chapter. If you know about simple sloth and presumption from, from Pilgrim's Progress 1, now tomorrow we are going to, because they are going to come across them. Now something, something happened to them and it's interesting. And, and so the story has to be told. When, they, when Christiana and mercy got to the place where Christian met simple slaughter prisoners. Something had happened to them, and it's something for us to 
to reflect on. So I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. What a wonderful evening it has been. Thank you all for contributing, for joining the class here in the virtual studio and for those at uh, gospelbestradio.com. I hope, I believe this has been a blessing indeed. Let's sing together our permanent closing hymn for these studies. E, we would valiant be against all disasters must in constancy follow the must in constancy follow Yes, most in constancy, follow the master. Afterwards, we are going to call on Mr. MC to say the closing prayer. Okay, he would valiant be. as we always pray may god give us grace to labor night and day to be pilgrims amen amen let us pray good evening everybody good evening heavenly father we thank you thank you lord we give you all glory exalt you for this opportunity to learn at your feet father lord god like we read earlier it is indeed by your grace mm-hmm. and father lord god that beautiful grace that amazing grace, Father, Lord God, may we never take it for granted. Amen. Father, Lord God, oh Lord God, as we study and as we walk to be better pilgrims, Father, Lord God, teach us our rights, Lord. Amen. Father, Lord God, let us understand, oh Lord God, that your arms are ever open towards us, oh Lord Amen. God. Do not let us ever run away from your presence. Amen. Father, Lord God, once again, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Indeed, oh Lord God, we have done nothing to deserve what you have given us. Mm-hmm. It is a free gift, and indeed, yes. we are indeed 
grateful. Yes, Father, Lord. accept our thanks. Mm. And let, O oh Lord God, our little worship, O oh Lord God, let it be unto you like swimming in sorrow. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, O oh Lord God. For in the Lord. mighty name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank you also very much. It's been a wonderful, wonderful evening. And we look forward to see you tomorrow by the grace of God. Amen.